Welcome to the Tip of the Spear Leadership Podcast. I'm your host, Mike Nasty. Our goal is to create a movement of strong, competent leaders. Our guests will be a variety of leaders from the public safety, military, and business communities. Our guests will discuss how to lead and flourish by sharing their lessons learned and shared experiences. Today, on episode five, we will discuss nutrition and its effects on high-stress jobs. Our guest, Megan, is a registered dietitian and strength coach with a master's in sports nutrition. Megan specializes in firefighter nutrition, tailoring nutrition to fit the lifestyle of a first responder. She works full-time for the Fairfax County Fire and Rescue Department, which is just outside of the D.C. area. While as a civilian, Megan has strived to understand the challenges firefighters face while trying to stay healthy. Megan is also the owner of Rescue RD LLC, which provides nutrition seminars and coaching for first responders across the country. Without further ado, let's start the episode. Hey, everybody. Now it's time to welcome Megan Louts to the Tip of the Spear Leadership Podcast. She's here to talk about nutrition and the effects on high-stress jobs. Hello, Megan. Welcome, and thank you for joining us. Hi, I'm so excited to be here. Thanks for having me. You're very welcome. So the goal of the episode is to explain to the listeners how high hydration nutrition can affect the leader in the execution of their job military and public safety jobs are physically demanding often going from minimal stress extreme to extreme stress in a matter of seconds in the corporate world you can have the same environment as well stress is ultimately stress and comes in many shapes and forms as a leader your ability to be resilient will give you the best opportunity to be successful so you know, I know personally that I have struggled physically with my job. I know that, uh, you know, unfortunately, I've been the weak link in the chain because of my physical abilities. You know, I, I used to not care about my fitness. I used to eat whatever I wanted, whenever I wanted, especially when I was at work. You know, there's so much stuff laying around all the time. Mm-hmm. And um, ultimately, unfortunately, what I learned was I was I was the fat guy and I was the link, the weak, the weak, the weak in the chain excuse me and uh you know i needed to make a change and that's something that i've really worked on um a lot now you're a nutrition specialist um and you've done this for a while you've been working with uh fairfax county fire department tell Mm -hmm. us a little bit about that tell us a little bit about uh about megan's world of nutrition and you know the kind of things that i I know i'm not the only one that had those uh struggles I, i think um people in their everyday life, regardless of what they do for a living or can have those issues. So uh, let's talk a little bit about that. Yeah, absolutely. Well, um, so my name is Megan Louts. I'm a registered dietitian and strength coach that specializes in first responders. Uh, most of my work has been done with firefighters and police. So I am here to help first responders figure out how to eat when they don't have time, energy, or sometimes money. And, and money is, of course, perceived, right? So some people might find healthy sure. eating um, more expensive where other people have more money to blow on it. So, uh, yeah, so I have, uh, I worked with Montgomery County Fire and Rescue for about four years, and then I shifted over to Fairfax and um, have been working with them specifically as a dietitian uh, ever since. So that's a relatively large department of about fourteen or 1,500 career firefighters, and then they just added police in. So now I'm up to almost 3,000 members. That's a lot of people. Yeah. A lot of personalities too, I'm sure. I love the personalities. That's that's what keeps me going. <laughs> so uh, personally, what I reference uh, is something that I, was get- that was given to me by several people 
um, when it comes to leadership is the 14 points of Marine Corps leadership. It's been a base for what I've referenced to try and be a better leader, um, specifically the trait of endurance. So the definition for endurance is the mental and physical stamina that is measured by your ability to withstand pain, fatigue, stress, and hardship. So, <clears throat> excuse me, and that's from the uh, Marine Corps OCS doctrine where they, uh, through their online network, they explain the different points. So that's where I got that from. You know, I, again, like I said before, I don't want to be the weakest link. Um, and I think what you eat the day before you work, the day of you, the day that you work can affect your physical ability and your cognitive function. Mm -hmm. um, as an expert, let's get into that a little bit. Uh, let's talk about uh, nutrition and the effects it has on uh, making decisions and the physically demanding job that is uh, public safety. Yeah, well, I mean, so nutrition... I think when we talk about nutrition for performance, a lot of people, when they hear me say performance, they automatically think like athletes and like physical performance, maybe performance on the fire ground. But to me, performance is also mental performance and your ability to be resilient. So like you've mentioned endurance, and I think a lot of first responders are like, pr like pretty good at enduring. But when we talk about like resilience, resilience also impacts like that ability to recover as well. And sometimes first responders kind of fall somewhere too hard, like, you know, that very black or white mentality where they're like recovering too hard or they are enduring too hard. And uh, that can lead to issues either way. So, you know, it's just different types of issues, right? So where nutrition comes into that is, you know, trying to pull people more towards the middle, right? And the reality is, is, you know, if I was going to summar up, summarize nutrition into kind of one little statement, I usually go with trying to get a protein and a plant at every meal because the reality is antioxidants help you with that recovery um, and the ability to like stay mentally snappy and on it. Uh, and then, you know, protein kind of helps with muscle recovery as well as antioxidants help with recovery as well. So you said uh, they recover too hard. Can you elaborate a little bit on that for the listeners? Yeah. So recover too hard to me is like, maybe it's not even recover. It's more like that, that burnout actually where they endured too much and now they're just burnt out. And I think that's where a lot of people uh, officially fall off. And that's where we find people who may be that kind of weak leak in the chain, not because they're a weak person, but because they are just so overdone, like oh, their cup has overflown and like completely over overfilled for a while now. And that's where we start to see, you know, a lot of those fitness discrepancies. And a lot of times it can start off with an injury. It could start off with a personal thing, like a divorce, a sick kid, a sick parent. It could start off with just, you know, a bad shift culture. So, uh, and things just kind of go the other direction. And then they looked at, you know, look what, where they are. And it's like, oh crap, like I I'm not in as good shape as I thought I was anymore. Uh, and then it, at that point, it can be really overwhelming to get back to where you were to begin with. So mm -hmm. maybe it wasn't the right terminology. I guess maybe I was more talking more about burnout uh, than, than recovery, actually. So the, the recovery part is what I really try to emphasize a lot of times with first responders because of that tendency to, at some point, burn out a little bit during your career. No, definitely. And, and I think, um, you know, if you're not where you've feel like you need to be physically and you know there comes a point where your physical abilities are going to start hindering your ability to uh, do your job on the fire ground especially if you're the leader right you know what mm -hmm. what you don't want to do is be the guy or girl in charge and you know you're supposed to be directing people on what to do 
mm-hmm. and you can't physically do it. You can't physically keep up to be in the position to make decisions. You can't physically keep up to be in the position to direct. And uh, most of all, where I know I fell short, and unfortunately, it, you know, kind of is what it is. And it's in the past now, but you know, you can't be by example if you can't physically do your job. And one thing that I've learned in my time of really putting this as a priority in my life is, um, you know, the job's a lot more fun when you're physically able to do it. Mm-hmm. Like, you know what I mean? Like it's, oh, it's yeah. a good, it's a good job. It's a lot of fun, but if you can't physically do it, it's making things dramatically more difficult for you. So let's talk a little bit about, uh, you know, what you should be doing as far as, uh, what you should be consuming, uh, while you're at work, whether you're a police officer on shift work, you're a, somebody in the military and their day-to-day lives, uh, doing patrol, working in the field, or a fireman on ship work. Let's talk a little bit about that. Yeah, sure. So I think, like I said, there's that tendency um, to be kind of perfectionist when it comes to diet. And I, and I can definitely give you like what the guidelines are and what we like a perfect day would look like. But mm-hmm. the reality is a lot of first responders don't have perfect days. Um, usually sure. things are just all on fire and the community keeps calling and, you know, your lunch has been delayed by two, three hours. And by the time you get to Chick-fil-A to pick something up for lunch, like the last thing you want is a salad. You know, sure. you need you need some French fries to take the edge off or something. Uh, sure. So so really, you know, when it comes to nutrition, like I said, the protein in a plant is kind of my simplest rule of thumb for for anybody who's trying to eat healthier because it's relatively simple. It, it is still challenging to actually implement though. So what that means is, you know, trying to look for a protein source, whether uh, ideally a leaner one, sometimes it might not be lean, but ideally chicken, eggs, dairy, uh, fish, maybe a lean piece of beef or something like that. And then nut seeds or soy are typically our vegetarian sources. And then the plant is any sort of fruit or vegetable that you can get your hands on, whether that's frozen, fresh, or canned. So some examples of that, uh, you could do a smoothie in the morning with some protein powder. And I have some recipes that I've written for Palm Beach Gardens uh, that you can maybe link somewhere. And uh, lunch, I've recommend wraps. So I have a buffalo chicken wrap that I bring out to stations because usually if it tastes like a wing, you guys will listen to me for about five minutes. Uh, <laughs> before the aluminum foil that the wrapping goes flying at someone. Uh, (laughs) Sure. (laughs) Same thing every shift. (laughs) There you go. But uh, so some sort of wrap. And then typically I I would say most, at least in Fairfax, like there's usually a protein and a veggie at station Mm -hmm. dinners, right? (laughs) So that, what I think a lot of people think like that's just seems too simple. But the reality is if you're doing all of that, you're probably doing better than 90% of people. Yeah, no, definitely. And, you know, I think the, and again, my wheelhouse is the fire service, but I'm, mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure anytime you have a group of people working together, whether it's on shift work, where it's a Monday through Friday, whatever it is, when you're a team of individuals, uh, a team of people, um, they tend to do things as a group. I think that's human nature. Mm-hmm. So, you know, the mantra is, you know, breaking bread together will create a bond and like a family atmosphere. And, mm-hmm. You know, I think, Ultimately, that's what everybody wants to do. I think they want to be able to do it as a team. And those are some really good suggestions to, um, you know, make those little changes to hopefully make people healthier. Right. Uh, I've never been a big health health nut. But what I can't what I can tell you is I think there's definitely ways to continue that fun, you know, lifestyle of enjoying what you eat, but still 
being able to have yourself primed and ready to go. So, you know, at the drop of a hat, you can make that career, uh, career call and, and be functioning, be able to be productive. And now you're not bogging everyone down or being a uh, liability. Um, Cause ultimately that's what you, you know, ultimately that's what you don't want. So uh, I want to talk a little bit about, since we kind of did a little base basis of uh, nutrition while at work and, you know, the uh, protein in the plant at every meal and how you can, you know, depending on what you do for a living, you could be at ship on ship work up to 48 hours straight. Let's talk a little bit about how nutrition has its effects on cognitive, cognitive function, because ultimately in leadership, you have to be able to decide, you have to be able to act, you have to be able to, you know, assess, decide, and act basically what you have going on. You're going to have to make decisions that can, that could affect people's lives and, you know, affect citizens' lives or, you know, affect a major uh, business meeting like you know you have to your brain has to be ready to go and um you know as i've said many times in this podcast before leadership isn't always the person with the title leadership can be from anyone um anyone can be a leader so everyone every link in the chain should be able to be in their ability to make the best decisions so i know that's a little drawn out and i apologize but uh i want to talk a little bit about the effects of uh nutrition on cognitive function yeah. So when it comes to cognitive function, or like I said, that mental performance aspect, anything that's like, so high things that are higher in antioxidants, uh, vitamins and minerals, and those kinds of things are going to be what, uh, has a strongest impact on cognitive function function. So again, your fruits and your vegetables, your whole grains, your nuts and seeds, basically, if it's a plant, it probably is going to have that biggest bang for that, um, cognitive function. Uh, Omega-3s is one other thing that can help with that. So omega-3s can help um, with anti-inflammatory just across the body. Uh, It can actually also help reduce um, cholesterol and triglycerides if they are high by 15 to 30%, which is a big concern also for the fire service uh, cholesterol levels. So, um, you know, omega-3s though can be a little bit of a challenge, of course, with that typical firefighter diet of, well, my captain won't eat fish because of the smell or whatever it is. But uh, usually we're talking things like salmon, herring, tuna, the plant-based versions would be chia seeds, pumpkin seeds, and flax seeds. And that's for the omega. For the omega-3s. Yep. Mm -hmm. Yep. And then any, you know, of course, those also come with a bunch of uh, antioxidants and things that, again, can help with that uh, mental performance. So how... What effects can bad nutrition have? Like, you know, you talked about the omegas and the antioxidants, how it can help you. I mean, obviously, you know, what you put in your body and your fun- the brain, your brain function, being able to, um, fun- you know, think clearly and make good decisions will come from having a well-fueled body, a well-fueled mind, uh, having good hydration. Uh, what's, what's the opposite of that? Because there's something I want to get into in a second. Um, so what, what, what effects can poor nutrition, like uh, fast foods or – you know, those three meat breakfasts where you have like scrapple and bacon and mm-hmm. all the good all stuff, the, all the good stuff. Um, let's talk a little bit about that. What effects can that have on your body? Well, I think the key when it comes to like the unhealthier foods or like what some people like to categorize as like the bad foods is that it's when it's done in excess. So I want to make that really clear because what tends to happen is when a dietitian or a nutritionist comes out And sometimes we screw it up because we have too strong of language or something like that. But a firefighter, when you're like, hey, I need you to cut back on bacon, they're like, whoa, now, like, I will never eliminate bacon from my diet. I said, I didn't say eliminate. I just said, like, I need you to pull back on it. So 
you know, same thing goes for like things like fried foods or sugar or, you know, Scrapple, which we all love Scrapple, right? Uh, in Baltimore, it's like the Taylor's pork roll or whatever, you know? So we, we want to include those things in our diets because what can happen, you know, here and there. And I want to make that very clear that it's in moderation. Um, just because if we don't, then what happens is once I tell a first responder not to have something, what do they want more of? The not as healthy thing. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So it's more kind of like having those things in, like, if you look at a cupcake, those are like your little sprinkles, right? Mm -hmm. They're just added in to make things less boring. And we want to make things are, sure things are less boring. Now, what you were getting at is like when we overdo it. So like you're just mentally overloaded. You've never, maybe you're a picky eater and you've never really had a, a big variety of foods in your diet. And you're living off of like McDonald's, like hash browns and like, you know, pork sandwich for lunch. And then dinner is brats and tots. Typically what happens is one, those are hyper palatable foods. So they're really easy to overeat and hyper palatable. Um, typically those foods are things that are high in salt, high in sugar, high in fat, uh, and they may have some sort of additive. So for example, like McDonald's French fries are like a great example of this because they're carb fried in oil covered in salt, and then also coated in what's called beef, uh, beef flavor extract, mm -hmm. which again, makes it really hard to put those things down. So then quantity also becomes an issue, right? And I'm sure you've seen this when people get stressed out, you're picking up the things that the community left for you on the counter, uh, you know, two, three portions at dinner. And then, you know, that overeating can lead to obviously physical performance being impacted. It can lead to poor sleep, especially for people who have acid reflux and have some of these like really high fat meals, which end up leading to acid reflux overnight and impacting their sleep. Uh, and then of course, uh, things that are like lower or excuse me, yeah, lower glycemic index. So you're like super high carbs, your sweet foods typically lead to a blood sugar spike. And then it drops really drastically, which usually then leads to people reaching for more sugar or more caffeine. So when you overdo it in one direction, then it tends to be kind of like a snowball effect going downhill, right? Uh, you know, your sleep gets worse, your mood gets worse your ability to do work gets worse and then makes your mood even worse. And it just becomes this kind of spiral. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. I think um, everybody can understand or agree or relate to the whole uh, being hangry thing. Oh yeah. And I, and I think, uh, you know, once those things kind of come into play, um, you know, we start taking food away, not being able to eat, you know, I mean, it's not an easy environment for a nutritionist to walk into, I think. I think sure. that's going to be pretty difficult. The reason why I was bringing a lot of this up is heart disease. Now, oh, yeah. mm -hmm. in heart disease, for NIOSH, from 1998 to 2004, they investigated 131 of the 347 cardiac death fatalities. 43% of it was from heart disease. Um, mm -hmm. That's, I mean, that's a small snippet in time, mm -hmm. but heart disease is a big deal. You know, yeah. it's, it's something that affects uh, – people in the fire department. And I think, I don't know the statistics for law, law enforcement and military, but I guarantee you there's definitely statistics out there of people that have had heart attacks, strokes, um, all those things that are cardiac related where, you know, I guess kind of the big point of what I'm making here is, you know, you have to do your best to combat that by eating properly at work because that's, I mean, you know, think of how quick your adrenaline kicks off, right? Mm -hmm. You know, you have that, um, that fight or flight mode reaction kick in and then that's going to affect your heart. That's going to affect the, uh, 
your adrenaline going through your body. And if your heart is not primed and ready to go, it's not healthy. You're not eating the right food. You're not exercising. And you know, that can create an issue. Um, so the, I think that what you need to do, not you, but what I think uh, people need to do is um, put themselves in the best position to combat those, um, those situations. Well, and I think you bring a great point. And I think that number might have been creeping up over because I think you said up to 2004. I think it's now up to 45 or 47 percent of line of duty deaths related to sudden cardiac death, which is usually a fatal arrhythmia or a fatal um, like blockage leading to a heart attack. And mm -hmm. a lot of that, uh, a lot of that can be preventable risk factors. And when we look at the age of the first responders who, who have, you know, who die from sudden cardiac event, it's usually sometime in their 40s. And usually 40s means, depending on when you came in, you're probably like 10, 15, maybe even up to 20 years into the fire service. So just being on shift work for that period of time, no matter how many times you tell me that you get used to it, your body is, is not feeling great. Um, so the other side of that too, I think it was like seven out of 10 of those first responders who passed, uh, or about 70% who passed away from a sudden cardiac death had not gone to their uh, physical that year or had not had a physical done that year. So if your department oh, wow. offers uh, occupational health physicals and it's like an optional thing, you need to go to that because there are so many things that we can pick up in one of those physicals that can protect you long-term or, you know, get you the surgeries that you need to get done. Um, now, of course, Fairfax is, you know, the shiniest health system that we, I think that a lot of departments have in the country we just did some ultrasounds that caught a lot of cancer. Um, but you know that you can't discount the fact that you need to go to these annual medical exams. And if not, ideally do your physical, you know, sit, you know, at the beginning of the year and then six months later, go to your primary care just to make sure that you're getting that regular care. Um, but the other side of that too, with the nutrition piece. So when we talk about sudden cardiac death within fire service, we actually see, um, non-fit it's almost always a firefighter who, who let their fitness go. And, uh, typically what ends up happening is they have high blood pressure and, or high cholesterol. So therefore their heart has to do more work in the day to day, which leads to left ventricular hypertrophy, uh, which can again, higher risk for fatal arrhythmias, higher risk sure. for cardiac, sudden cardiac death. Um, now staying hydrated during these alarms can help prevent that because Maintaining hydration, which is really hard to do in some of these really hot calls, can um, basically reduce the workload on the heart because the less water that's it running through your blood, the harder your heart has to work. And I went on a tangent, but uh. no, no, and I, I, while no, it's okay. And while you're while you were explaining uh, that very well said uh, explanation, I, I looked up a, a little bit further and through the NFPA uh, NFPA.org. Mm -hmm. Um, RFA did a 2021 study and uh, released a 2021 study. So, la you know, within the last year, that's a really good is, paper. Yeah. Year ish. Um, the cardiac related events have accounted for 43% of on duty fatalities over the last 10 years. Mm -hmm. So that's 43%. So typically it used to be, you know, going to and returning from calls was the deadliest thing. Well, yeah. in the last 10 years, that's only accounted for 14%, right? Right. Elect electrocutions, 1%, fatal assaults, 1%. And mm -hmm. I mean, it goes mm -hmm. on, the list goes on. But the whole point of what I'm making is um, there's not a ton of things that I've seen of people really for forcing initiatives and forcing uh, nutrition health or uh, good nutrition 
physical fitness is on the rise. It is uh, yeah. popularity of, cro of CrossFit, popularity of um, other, I don't want to call them fad workouts, but like other popular things that people, it's, I, it's I say CrossFit. We're looking yeah, for something. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and I'm just I'm just saying the the popular the the explosion of CrossFit because that is incredibly is is incredibly uh, popular. Mm -hmm. That's on the rise. But as a fire department or excuse me, public safety in general, um, I have not seen me personally have not seen the amount of work into physical fitness and just a dramatic attempt at culture change for mm -hmm. eating right and being healthy as I have for what they've done for um, roadside safety. So yeah, 14%, well, I, 14 versus, no, it's okay. 14% versus 43%. I mean, you focus tremendously on crashes. Well, the biggest thing that's killing people is cardiac related events while on duty. Yep. I mean, obviously occupational cancer will always, not will always, but obviously occupational cancer is the highest. And all these mm -hmm. numbers, all these numbers do not, do not um, account for uh, everyone that was, uh, murdered on 9-11 so mm -hmm, mm -hmm. just to add that part into the study because that's here that was highlighted I forgot to mention that but I'm sorry go ahead yeah no so I was just gonna say um you know there has been I, I will say the fitness thing has been a, a pretty strong push and at, at least through the union that I've seen um mm -hmm. through the IFF they've done a really strong push on the fitness but I think one of my frustrations of course obviously because I'm a dietitian is like we see like this big push on mental health and this big push on fitness and we get providers and we get resources but like every time I see a resource for nutrition for first responders, it's this like magical pie in the sky, USDA meant for nine to five or nutrition kind of recommendations. And like some of it's even outdated, like dietary cholesterol was pulled as a nutrient of concern in 2015. And it's, you know, seven years later and some of these resources haven't been updated. So, you know, I, I think my frustration is a lot of times people will be like, oh, well, nutrition, like this is super important. And it is. But we also have to make it re realistic for the people who are really kind of struggling, but not really able to vocalize that. And the reason I find that, you know, first responders are struggling and not able to vocalize is like that black and white mentality of I'm on the diet and I'm off the diet is a big indicator that they're struggling because there's no way to make it sustainable. So while sometimes like I, I've gotten feedback, like, you know, your, your stuff sounds too easy or it sounds like, you know well, why didn't you say that they should cut out sugar entirely is because it's hard to do that when you're not sleeping. So it's hard to do that when your stress is really high. So I think a reasonable approach to nutrition is, is warranted and needed. Um, and that was a tangent. Sorry. <laughs> no, I don't think that's a tangent at all. I think that's, uh, excuse me. I think that's very, uh, I mean, it, it was good. I, I think, uh, that was very pertinent. You know, you've talked a little bit about, uh, you mentioned you mentioned earlier uh, about tinfoil flying at you. Yes, um, not the first. And I, <laughs> and I'm assuming that means uh, you're going to kind of get some flack from people. Um, Actually, technically, it's the person who I know what the shift drama kind of is because they throw it at the person they don't like the most. It's usually gotcha. not me. <laughs> so okay, all right. So uh, funny example, but I guess yeah. Most of all, like we talked about before we started, um, you know, ultimately this podcast is about leadership. Um, right. And part of the uh, part of leadership is uh, being physically fit. Um, part of that physical fitness is nutrition, but also a lot of it is coaching and uh, motivating. Now, taking a group of people and having them accomplish a goal, getting them to accomplish a goal through support, motivation, and coaching, mm -hmm. is what leadership is. You are a a uh, fitness, or excuse me, a 
uh, nutrition coach. Mm-hmm. Now we talked a little bit, like I said before, about motivating people to do better. And let's talk about that a little bit because I think what you need, to, what you're doing, excuse me, what you're doing, you need to be able to lead. You need to be able to be a leader. Uh, let's talk about that a little bit because none of this can be easy. Walking into a group of people that you don't know that are Type A personalities mm-hmm. that may be that may be fairly high, hard headed, stuck in their ways. You know that's that's the reality of leadership. You're going to have that as a leader, especially as a, as a new leader. So let's talk a little bit about your coaching, uh, your and your, you know, what you do to get these guys and girls to see the big picture and and uh, get some buy-in because that's very difficult as well as the buy-in. So let's talk about that. Yeah. So typically, I'm planning for the lowest common denominator, and I think that's how a lot of people have to lead, even in the fire service. Like when you have a rookie, you have to plan your your plan of attack has to pay attention to the lowest common denominator in terms of knowledge of what's going on. Right. So same thing for nutrition is I have to plan for the lowest common denominator. So if there is a captain on shift who freaking hates vegetables and will not eat a dish that has vegetables in it, then we need to find a recipe or some alternatives to help the rest of the shift still be healthy, but maybe, you know, accommodate for that captain. So a lot of times, like specifically for rookies, like usually when I have them coming out of the academy, I'll be like, Hey, you're going to do your rookie dinner. You're probably going to have some people, or you may go to to a shift where brats and tots is like the only thing that's going to get made or biscuits and gravy or that standard meat and potatoes kind Mm of, uh, mentality. Why don't you think about what you can bring, right? Like what can you add to that meal? So maybe you bring the salad or maybe you bring some like frozen veggies that you heat up or something like that. So, um, providing for the lowest common denominator, working around that, um, or with that, depending on where that person's at, and then also accommodating for individuals. Uh, you know, I think the individual is something you can't overlook. And while some of my recommendations might seem simple, the goal is to make it easy so that the following decisions get that are a little bit harder, get easier, if that makes any sense. So compromising and, um, compromising and having patience. You know, again, like I said before, uh, you know, you are a dietitian is one of your uh, one of your many specialties. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, I think, like I said before, that nutrition is incredibly important, but I still think there's a lot of leadership um, elements to that. I I think, uh, you know, you have to be a strong leader to be able to affect change because changing uh, changing a culture is always going to be the most difficult thing. And, and, uh, you know, us as leaders in whatever field that you're in. I mean, you're going to have to break that bubble. You're going to have to break that comfort zone. You're going to have to get out of the normal, you know, what you're normally used to. Because you're, and I'm sure you hear this a lot in your travels of, well, this is how I always do it. I'm not changing what I'm doing. What do you know? I mean, that's going to happen. You can have that as a new lieutenant. You could have that as a new, um, the new CEO of the company. Now you're sitting in front of the board of directors or you're sitting in front of a, you're a small group leader in an IT company and you have four people working for you. And we're not, this is how we always do it. Right. Well, what are you going to come in and do? Right. So there, ha- you have to have a methodical way of doing it. What do you think is your best way, like your easiest go-to way, to um, go into a like for you example? For your example, is walk into a firehouse of people that are used to doing something a certain way. What do you think would be your best way to kind of break into that and explain to them? Well, I think the the foundation that I've laid. So to to clarify, I'm a civilian dietitian, right? I've sure. never been a firefighter. I've never served in the military. I can't do blood, guts, and dead bodies, which knocks me out of a lot of that kind of public safety service. Um, so what I did when I first came in, when I started with Montgomery County, and I like 
to be clear, like I definitely got made fun of like nonstop and like, uh, you know, like, oh, well, what's this skinny little blonde girl have going to do? And she'll, well, you know, we'll destroy her and move on to the next one. Right. But what I did when I came in, especially as a civilian, I think this is really important was I took CPAT and it took me three times, but I passed CPAT. You know, I did as much as I could with the Academy. I did a 24 hour shift with the busiest station in the County. Um, I did tons of ride alongs and continued to hone my recommendations until they made sense for my first responders and set it in the language that made sense to them. So like, a lot of my recommendations are, well, what do I eat after midnight? Like I've had three calls after midnight. What do I eat? You know? Um, so when I'm making these explanations, I'm telling stories about recruits or stories about, you know, shift work or like the way that first responders, um, uh, formulate their questions or formulate their challenges to me, and then trying to provide solutions that are reasonable so not like saying, oh, you ran three calls after midnight. Like, you you know, the best option for you for a midnight snack is like a salad, like a leafy green salad is your best option. Like, no, no one wants that, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> like, no one freaking wants that. We want like, we want a cookie. We want ice cream. We want like something uh, for the next call that's probably going to come. So like, you know, things for me, a, a better option there is like, okay, well, if you're trying to eat healthier then um, Yazo yogurt bars, they're like a Greek yogurt ice cream bar that actually tastes like ice cream. Mm -hmm. um, they're in the freezer section. They're a great option. And even if you go on a bender and eat four of them, it's only 400 calories. So um, Smart Pop, Skinny Pop, like the white cheddar popcorns are a great alternative. So I think that's kind of how I've done it is I've immersed myself kind of in the culture. I've messed up a ton. Um, I've, you know... <laughs> made comments or done things on social media that I didn't realize were an issue. And then I've just adjusted. Right. So, and it was super uncomfortable and I've cried a couple times over it, but the reality sure. is, is that's sure. how you learn is by failing. And, um, I'm pretty good at that at this point. I just keep showing up. No. And that's what you have to do. It's, it's ultimately what you just talked about as resiliency. And one thing that I really, really liked that you said, um, unprovoked, you said with yourself was, you know, I'm a civilian. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, I'm not in the fire department and, you know, you walk into a situation or you walk into an environment, you know, that's difficult to tell people how to do something when you're not really one of them. I don't want right. to say like not one of them. I, maybe that's a wrong way to say it, but basically, you know, you want to take time to connect with your team and remind one another why you're all in this together. Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, you aren't sworn, you aren't, you know, uh, a firefighter but right. i think by you by you taking the extra step as a civilian to go through taking the cpat and passing i'm assuming uh um, yes yeah it, it took a while it almost took my life but i passed yeah, well <laughs> that's a i think that's a common feeling um, but uh <clears throat> i think um you know going and riding on riding at the busiest firehouse and you know you're basically you're putting on you're kind of showing them that you know hey look this is my result. This is why I'm here. I'm going to go above and beyond. I want to get a, a point of view of what you're going through. And, and basically what you're building is compassion. And I think mm -hmm. it's, it's leadership by example. It's kind of is, but it kind of isn't because you're really not in the industry. However, you're still going above and beyond to do um, something difficult that they all are doing. You are doing your best, I think, to be on their level as far as, you know, hey, look, I'm here. This is why I'm here, but I cannot tell you what to do without understanding where you're coming from. Mm 
Mm-hmm. And I think that's a sign of respect and a sign of, of empathy of you, you know, going out of your way and doing those things. And I think that's going to go a lot further than you probably think. Um, do you feel that by doing those things and taking those steps and getting out of your comfort zone, which is a big thing, do you think any of that helped when it came to, you know, as you move forward, you know, six months, a year down the line, uh, where they now know who Megan is? Oh, she's she's the lady that works for our department that's going to come in and talk to us about nutrition. Hey, did you hear she went to the CPAP and she wrote it? you know, whatever the busiest station is, like, has any of that come back full circle to where it's, it's, it's uh, helped you, hurt you, anything like that? Yeah. So, I mean, it's definitely come back full circle in the sense that, you know, um, people were like, yeah, like, so when you, you know how stations are, they're kind of gossipy, right? Like, oh yeah, that dietitian, we're going to like end up eating her alive. Like she's not going to last. And then like the Lieutenant who watches you do the CPAPs, like actually, no, she's fine. And these recommendations are good. The other thing that I've done is I've learned that you respond well to food. So if I bring Mm. snacks and, and what Mm. we have in Fairfax, um, the doc at the Oc health clinic who, um, I'm under his contract, he gives me a budget to make like, to do smoothie demos, to do Buffalo chicken wraps, to do dinners and all of those things. So basically what I go out and do is I do like a healthier option that tastes good might include like yeah, buffalo sauce isn't super healthy for you, but a tablespoon makes it a lot more interesting kind of things. So like these half healthy things and are like, oh, wait, this is fine. Like this, she's not just going to come out and tell us we only have to eat salad kind of thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. And the other thing is too with that, like when I come out, like I'm not in like fancy HR people clothes. Like I'm in um, like tactical sweatpants things. I don't know what you call them, like leggings. And, um, our well-fit t-shirts. So like, I kind of, I don't come off as like this posh, like HR person who's just going to go back and like say, oh, like this is what they were talking about. Da, da, da. Like everything that I do when I see stations stays at the station kind of thing. Yeah. Well, you're trying, I don't want to say get, get down on their level, but you're trying to come in, in, uh, in a, in a kind of the same level, right? So you mm-hmm. come in and you dress, uh, in your way of what, people in the field would wear right right you, you I know i think yeah you, well you're on you're 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 on their level right you know it, it i think it makes a lot more of a difference than you think and the, what i'm tying this what i'm getting at with this is you know nutrition is let's say the topic of the day today but mm-hmm. if you come in as a new leader into a team of people that know what they're doing they've been there for a long time and you're the really the outsider because you're the new person you're gonna they're gonna they're gonna size you up Right. They're going to see who you are. And, you know, I like the way you said you're going to get eaten live. I mean, I know what it's like to be a brand new officer, not knowing what I'm doing, doing a terrible job, falling flat on my face. And I was eaten alive. And it right. sucks. It's not a lot of fun. Um, and, you know, it's something that you have to adapt and overcome with. But one thing I learned as I moved forward and I, I you know, I had a new crew and I went to new assignments and stuff like that. It's, it's how you carry yourself. So me would be, you know, showing up early, parking in a, in a good, at a normal parking spot, not like randomly somewhere that's easy to walk to, having my uniform on and wear it correctly, um, having a good attitude, being polite to people, have a smile on your face, act professionally, you know, whereas this situation for you is a, a nutritionist coming into the firehouse um, to speak about something that is not an easy topic to talk about with people that are used to doing things their way, it's still fundamentally with leadership you're still doing the same thing you, you know you're you're coming in you're being polite professional to the point and you're you're trying to get down on it you're trying to be on everyone's level and 
on the same playing field as far as, uh, you know, we're in this together. You know, I, I think when you have leaders that get down to the, to the um, lowest common denominator of the roles in their jobs, I think that's where you gain more respect as a leader. I think, you know, you could have shown up and, as you said, HR attire and handed out pamphlets and, I'm here from yeah, and I've done that. 12, 12, 12, <laughs> well, so hold up. Well, so I'm getting to that in a second. Showed up twelve to one, and you know the reaction you might get of oh, she's here again. It's yep. much different than the word getting spread around, which is reputation. Reputation will always mm -hmm. precede you. You know, you're going above and beyond. You're taking the time to think about what it's like for the the guys and girls in the field, right? So that's going to get there way before you ever do. Right. So will you know the pendulum swing in the opposite way. So, I mean, I don't want to say you gather more flies with honey than you do vinegar, but I mean, and realistically, you do. You have to know these things. You have to know mm -hmm. how to talk to the people. You have to understand what they're going through, empathize with it, and respect it. And I think by you imploring the you know healthy-ish lifestyles, which what I was taught was the 80-20 rule. 80 yeah, that's a great time, one. 80% of the time, you, you're spot on. 20% of the time, you enjoy yourself with moderation. Use it as a goal, like, you know, hey, I want to eat junk today. Well, I don't want to eat junk today because if I wait till Friday, I can have what I want on Friday and it'll be fine. And then you get right back on the bandwagon or you stay on the bandwagon, but in moderation, you're, you're doing, you know, you're kind of doing what you want. So you're, you know, you're hitting all levels of, um, you know, teamwork, I think. Uh, you know, Starbucks did a thing where on their board, when they had meetings, they would have uh, one of the people on the board, it'd be their turn. They'd pick a drink that's on the menu and they would explain how to make it because mm -hmm. they're trying to, they're trying to remember, you know, where, the, I don't want to say where they came from, but they're basically not losing touch with the, uh, the guys and girls with the boots on the ground doing the, uh, doing the hard work. Um, and right. I think it's, the, I think it's the same thing for you. I think when you go in there, I'm not saying you're trying to be one of them, but when you go in there, you're you're showing that you care enough to put yourself in uncomfortable positions by being on a 24 hour ride along, which if you've never done shift work in your life and you have no experience with it, yeah. 20, 24 hours is not easy. I mean, I, I don't know. I would assume Fairfax is incredibly busy. I'm sure it is. I want to say 20, we did about 15 calls and four of them were after midnight. Yeah. So 24 hours, 24 hours is a long time. And until you're on shift work and you're up for all 24 of those hours and mm -hmm. remember 7am to say that 7am is what you're assigned. You, any good or any, you know, the normal culture is you show up to work an hour before your shift and hopefully you're relieved an hour before your shift calls can, you know, dictate that or whatever, but you have to get to work. So for me, you know, I get up at three 30, my shift doesn't start till seven. I get relieved five fifty. So, I mean, that's a long period of time that you're physically up. Right. And Everyone that does that shift work understands that and knows that. And you have to commute when you go in there, when you did your 24 hours. So it wasn't just, you know, 7 a.m. to 7 a.m. See you later. No, it's there's getting up, getting to work, doing your 24, going home, doing whatever it is you have to do the rest of the day. Because 90% of us, I would think that our own shift work get off in the morning. Well, you have an entire day. Kids have to get school, all these things, all these things that I think are subconsciously there when they see people like you. There's, you know, you're sharing in that hardship, that shared hardship of, uh, you know, understanding where, you know, where everybody's, what everybody's been through. Like, you know, I think that's very important, especially when it comes to a leadership aspect. Well, and I just want to add one thing to that. So I think what you're trying to get as get at is, you know, people don't care how much, you know, until they know how much you care. 
And I think oh, absolutely, one, absolutely. one of the challenging parts about that is when you're an officer or even for me, so like as a dietitian, I went through four years undergrad, one year unpaid internship where I paid 10 grand to be not paid. And then uh, two mm -hmm. years master program and then several different certifications after that, uh, after I passed my RD exam, you know, that's eight, 10 years of, of schooling. So it's the same thing as an office, not the same thing. It's similar to an officer where like you put in all this time and effort and you've got to, um, pass the test, be high enough on the list to get promoted, all of those things. And then when it finally happens, you're like, so ready to put that stuff into practice. But the reality is if you come in and you go and try and tell a new shift, Hey, hey, this is what you're doing because I'm the expert and I'm in charge. That is not going to go very well relative Absolutely. to saying to say you promote as a captain, you have a new lieutenant or you have a new master or technician or what, whoever you have and saying, hey, how do things go around here? You know, mm -hmm. how, how do you do this? Um, what would you suggest in X scenario and actually getting input from your shift? And that's kind of now while I'm extrapolating for how that could work in the fire service, that's what I've done as a dietitian. And I think that's why I've been around long enough. Sure. <laughs> and you have well, it's still leadership. It's yeah. still leadership. No, absolutely. And the, the approach that you're taking is is something that I, I learned the hard way. And, yep. and I think, you know, I think it's, it's a great lesson. And I really like the way that that actually kind of just came out organically without me really prompting it or trying to pull that out. The fact that you came out of the gate just now saying it that way um, is, is very good because that's a very important thing when it comes to leadership of exactly what you said, knowing the room, caring about your people. You have to care. If they don't understand that you care, you're going to have a problem in my opinion. But what I've learned through my experiences mm -hmm. on both the good and bad side is if they honestly and truly know that you truly care about them, they're going to follow you. They, they will. They're going to do things because they know that you care and they're going to respect you for it because, it, well, I mean, obviously you have to do other things to earn the respect and, right. and all that. But one of the things is by giving respect, if you have the respect to say, you know, hey, guy, like you, your, your example of being a new officer, if you come in, hey, guys, how do you guys do things? Uh, you know, let me see where I fall into the fray. And then you figure it out and you see what you like, what you don't like and make suggestions. But honestly, you know, as, as you've you know, so eloquently put, you respect them by asking them rather than walking in you know, flexing because you're in charge. And I think the same way as a dietitian, mm -hmm. um, you know, I don't know how to be a dietitian, but what I think is, you know, typically I would assume um, somebody is paying you for your services. So that adds a whole different aspect of you have to keep them engaged. Your approach has to be right because, you know, it's not like you're there because you're getting a paycheck as a an employee and now you have a boss well no that report i am technically i am because i work full-time for fairfax now when i go out you know uh you yeah usually i get paid you know and that has been part of the thing that's been beneficial to me is a lot of other dietitians like when they asked me how do i get into the fire service i was like well you have to kind of have a horseshoe up your butt like i did and fall on a job that happened to be in this area and sure. where I got to like that 24 hour shift, I got paid to do. So I want to make sure that's clear. <laughs> like, you know, I got paid to do those things. And therefore, every time I failed, I was able to get back up because I was getting paid to get back up compared to a dietitian where they come in in a consulting role and or maybe they're just trying to establish rapport with the department and they just keep hitting this wall of, well, this is how we've always done it. And, you know, firefighters hate two things changing the way it's going to be. 
you know, where they keep hitting that wall, but they're not getting paid and then they burn out and they're like, you know what, I'm not doing this anymore. So sure. Sure. And what I was getting at though, um, yes. I mean, what you brought up was a very good point, but what I was getting at was you have to build that rapport and that rapport comes from mutual respect. So if you were to have individualized nutrition um, consultation where it's, you know, let's say you're not in the fire department, you're just, uh, you're doing one-on-one, okay? And uh, you have to create that respect. You have to create that draw where they know you truly care. You're not just doing it for your check. You're doing it because you care about them and you want to see them succeed. You want to build them up. You want to coach them to a new level, take them to places they never thought they could be and create a roadmap for success to get to their goal right? That's the same thing in leadership. That's the same thing in leading a crew or a group of people or a team to accomplish a goal. It's, they're very similar things. And it's something that I think you're doing absolutely outstanding. And especially, you know, I, I know I don't know you very well mm-hmm. as far as um, how you do things when it comes to stuff in the fire service. But what I can tell from talking to you is that you do care. Um, and, and I think the caring part is what matters the most. Mm-hmm. I agree. Yeah. I mean, I, I think, um, you know, and, and I didn't do this all purposefully. It's not like, you know, cause I started working with fire service at 24. Like I was really sure. pretty young, pretty young sure. for a dietitian, you know, um, mm-hmm. only like a year of being a dietitian under my belt. So like, you know, coming in, I was just like, well, I don't know anything. So like, you know, and I'm, and I'm a young dietitian. So like, why don't I just ask a ton of questions and just expose myself to all these different types of things. Whereas I think the challenge is, it's like you have a, an older dietitian who's kind of set in their ways or, you know, like I said, an, uh, an officer, someone who's kind of set in their ways, it's harder to do that because of all the experience you've had. So sometimes being younger and being more explorative, or at least teaching yourself how to be explorative ends up being your best bet from a leadership perspective, because it's emphasizing by like being explorative, it shows that you're caring to make things specific or sure. caring to make things better. So, and like I said, I've failed a hundred times. Like I have screwed this up on so many different occasions. And when I've failed, I think, you know, sometimes I like go in a corner and I cry a little bit. And then like, I ask how I can do better. And I feel uncomfortable for a really long time. But at the same time, my next best bet is to apologize and, you know, um, see how I can do better and see how I can make this more specific and make sure I'm not, you know, offending too many people because the reality is, is you're going to offend some people. Um, but yeah, that was another tangent, but no, it, no, you, you brought up some really good stuff, especially the part at the end that failure is always going to happen. Right. And it's not about when you fail, it's about how you recover. And I, I got to tell you, trust me, I, I I've failed at everything I've ever, I've ever tried at anything I've ever tried to get my hands into or anything I've ever tried to try to do. I've failed miserably. I, you know, I've fallen flat on my face. I really have. And what I learned was it's okay. If you fail, just get up keep it moving right mm-hmm. yep. so major dick winners um has a quote out of his uh 10 points of leadership one of the things that he says was is take a moment of self-reflection look yourself in the mirror every night and ask yourself if you did your best now i personally have found that there's days that i know i've met the mark there's days that i know that i completely missed that mark mm-hmm. you know this is a, i think this is a great point to bring up when you're in a leadership role and you need to reflect on it. Reflection is part of the journey to continue to evolve yourself as a leader. Uh, most of all, don't be too hard on yourself. If you miss the mark, you miss the mark. You know, and, and it ha- I don't want to say it is what it is, but, you know, you're going to fail. But look at you now. You're here. You're flourishing. You're absolutely killing it. You have your own company. It's an LLC. 
and you have a contract from a very large department mm-hmm. in the metropolitan area. The DC metropolitan area, you know, in a society standpoint is huge, right? It's one of the biggest areas there is. So, you know, I, I think I, I think you have a lot of things going for you. I think you're absolutely yeah, thank fantastic. You. You're very welcome. And I think your failures that you've mentioned, that you mentioned, I think they're gonna they they're keeping you honest. And, and I think you know you you know how far you've come, mm-hmm. um, which is very good. And it's a good example for other men and women that are that are here to look at you to do the same thing. So we've hit a lot of really good points. We're hitting that hour mark. Um, yep. You know, we've talked about the meal size, the frequency. You know, we've talked about how to eat on shift work. We've talked about the effects of nutrition on cognitive function and physical performance. The one thing we didn't hit was um, hydration. Mm-hmm. Now, hydration hydration would be incredibly important. So uh, I would like to have you back for another episode on hydration. Absolutely. Um, as, we ta- as we talked about before, hydration could be its own thing. When, and we're going to get into that. I, I think that's something that would be absolutely fantastic to get into. So, uh, Megan, thank you so much for your time. You've been a fantastic guest. Do you have uh, like a social media, anything that people can get a, get a hold of you if they want to find out who you are, see what Megan's up to, watch her kill it in her uh, nutrition stuff and, and, uh, and follow you? Where, where do we find you? Yeah. So um, Rescue RD is my social media handle at rescue.rd. And that's on Facebook, Instagram, um, and unfortunately now TikTok. So I post six, six, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm working on this, uh, six Mm. days a week. I post, um, firefighter specific nutrition tips and information from infographics to reels to, um, podcasts, stuff like that. Uh, and then I also have it on my website, rescuerd.com. There's a free recipe book that is specific to fire station dinners at five to $6 a head for shifts of six, 10 and 14, half a pound of protein per person. Uh, and enough for leftovers for the next shift if you work tours. So uh, all of that stuff, that like I said, that recipe book is free. So I definitely encourage you to go download that. Fantastic. So guys, girls, please follow Megan Louts. We're going to add all of our all of her contact points to the description of this episode. Um, thank you guys for listening. Megan, thank you again. This has been a lot of fun. It's been very informative. And, uh, you know, I I think I've definitely learned a lot. Um, Everybody, please like, subscribe, and share our podcast. Check us out on social media on both Instagram and Facebook. Search Tip of the Spear Leadership. Links will be added to the episode description as well. Hey, everybody. Thanks for listening to the latest episode of the Tip of the Spear Leadership Podcast. You know, nutrition is a part of a everyday uh, habit that you need to have to have that healthy lifestyle, to live a fulfilling life, to be able to enjoy your quality of life. Um, you know, there's a lot of things I learned from our guest Megan today. And, uh, you know, when it comes to things that are high stress jobs and Things that you're going to go from zero to a thousand in a split second, you know, you have to do your best to put your body in a position to be able to um, thrive. And I think, you know, anything where your job, whether it's sport, you know, it's something with public safety, you know, anything extremely high stressed, you know, your job and your game is a lot easier and a lot more fun when you're able to physically do it. Uh, So... 
I hope you guys took something away from this episode. I sure know. I know I have. I can't thank Megan enough for her time. Um, I mean, what a fantastic guest. Very knowledgeable, very intelligent. And, uh, you know, she, she left some pretty good wisdom on us. So, you know, before we go, leave some love for your favorite podcast by leaving us a review on your favorite podcast network. Smash that like and subscribe button. Leave us a review. We're going to read them all. Five-star reviews are our absolute favorite if we've earned them. That way we can reach more people, grow our audience, grow our community. Stay tuned in the coming weeks for more episodes. We're going to explore other various leadership topics. Thank you all for your time. Have a fantastic day. Tip of the Spear Leadership. Be present. Be yourself. Be unstoppable. Thanks, everybody.